Welcome to the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. We're so glad to have you join us today. Pastor Caleb is a graduate of the World Harvest Bible College, as well as Ohio Christian University. And his desire is to share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of God's Word. Now let's listen in to today's episode with our host, Caleb Schaefer. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today to the podcast. However you're listening, wherever you're listening from, God bless you. I pray that you're having a great day and a great week. We at church uh, started a Bible study this week, and we were talking about uh, David and Goliath, and the conversation kind of lent itself into the fear. We got down to the part where Goliath was screaming blasphemies, and he was yelling insults at the armies of Israel. And we kind of got to talking about how fear has gripped so many people. And um, does it mean that if you are living with caution as it pertains to the coronavirus and different things that are going on in the world right now, if you're living with caution, does that mean you're living with fear? Um, and there are situations that could explain it all different ways. But how I, how I view it and how I explained it was that if you were taking precautions... Um, it doesn't mean that you're living in fear. If you are constantly dwelling on the coronavirus and that's all you think about and you're not going out because of that uh, and, and you're crippled because of the thoughts of what could happen, that's when fear is there. That's when fear is in the picture. Um, and so if you're taking precautions, if you're wearing masks, if you're not going and getting around big crowds of people. That doesn't necessarily mean you're in fear, but only you can answer those questions. If you're doing it because you're absolutely afraid um, and can't can't function, then that's absolutely would be fear. But if you're just using precautions because you have health issues or because you have uh, different uh, predispositions in certain areas, I would not consider that living in fear. Um, I would consider that using precaution. And I tell people things like when you get into the car, you put on your seatbelt as a precaution. You're not expecting wrecks. You're not expecting something bad to happen. But you don't get into a car without putting on your seatbelt because you know that there are certain risks that you're taking by going out on the road with other drivers. When you uh, go to get a hot pan out of the oven, you use a potholder. You don't reach into the oven and say, well, I'm having faith and believing that I'm not going to get burned. No, you know what's in there. You know that it's dangerous and that if you don't put some buffer between you and the hot pan, then you're going to get burned. So it's not a sin. You're not living in fear to use precautions. But if it's overtaking your life, if you are uh, completely worried all the time about it, then I would say that, yes, that's definitely fear. But I wanted to address fear today here on the podcast. And um, I wanted to just help some people out because there are times when fear tries to grip all of us. None of us are above it. None of us are um, immune to fear. We all have the ability to fear we all have a natural tendency to think the worst when things take place so fear is definitely something that grips everyone at different times of life there have been times where i've dealt with immense fear 
fear that tried to cripple me and prevent me from doing what I needed to be doing. And that is why the enemy uses fear on the people of God. The enemy will use fear on the people of God to, to get you to stop believing in God's promises for your life. Stop believing that God has spoken over your life certain things, that God has proclaimed blessing in his word over your life. The enemy will start to use fear to get you to stop doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing for the Lord. Um, he'll try to cripple you with it, and you'll think, well, I can't uh, go talk to those people for whatever reason, or I can't uh, share my testimony for whatever reason. And the enemy will try to get you to fear so you don't even leave the house, so you don't talk to anyone, so that you are isolated completely, because if he can isolate you, he can continue to keep you in fear. And so we've got to get out of the fear. We've got to break free from the fear. And I want to tell you a story today from the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6. It is so uh, familiar to a lot of people, but the reason that the enemy uses fear on Christians is to get them to stop doing what it is that they know to do, what it is that God has for them to do. And here in the book of Daniel chapter 6, we read a story where King Darius has favored Daniel, and Daniel has been placed in a position above uh, all the other different rulers in the kingdom, the officials in the kingdom and the presidents. Daniel was the absolute top right under the king. And the people around him got jealous. The people around him uh, decided that they were mad that he was in that position and that they were not. They were afraid of their positions being taken. They were afraid of somebody having rule and charge over them. And they just saw King Darius's favor for Daniel over them. And they looked at each other. They had a meeting and they basically said, we can't find any fault in this guy. This guy is an upstanding guy. He is doing what he's supposed to be doing. And nobody has anything against Daniel. And what can we use to try to get King Darius mad at him so that we can get Daniel out of the way so that we can become uh, so that we can go up a step on the ladder as well. So they got jealous and the the jealousy caused them to plot against Daniel. And when they plotted against Daniel, they said, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. They knew that Daniel was a praying man. They knew that Daniel worshiped the Lord. They knew that Daniel was faithful to God and that he would not deviate from what it is that he knew to do. And so uh, they set him up that way. They went to King Darius and they said, listen, uh, we have a proposal. All of us officials and presidents have gotten together and we have decided that it would be a good idea for you over the next 30 days to say that no one is allowed to pray to any other God and no one's allowed to ask their God for anything except you, King Darius. And we want you to sign this decree. So King Darius signed a decree and uh, the Bible says that he signed it into writing and Daniel knew the writing was signed. Daniel knew that the writing was signed and he went into his house. I'm reading from Daniel 6, uh, 10 right now. Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He went into his house and the windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God 
Then they came near and spoke before the king concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who asks a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be altered. Then they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is of the sons of the captivity of Judah, does not regard you, O king, or the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sorely displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored until sunset to deliver him. So King Darius uh, was a fan of Daniel. King Darius was not mad at Daniel. King Darius... Uh, knew then what he had done that this was a setup and he had signed into law that Daniel could not pray uh, that uh, these men these officials had come to him and said this so that they could catch Daniel basically it was a setup to get rid of Daniel and King Darius understood that he signed it into law without remembering that Daniel was going to pray and then Daniel prayed. These men knew because Daniel prayed three times a day. They knew that he was going to pray. So they just showed up at the time that Daniel was praying. And here's where the enemy tries to bring fear in into people, because what the enemy will try to get you to do is he'll try to get you to stop serving God. And there are a lot of things that are causing people to fear right now. And they are trying the, the devil's trying to get people to stop serving God the way that they know how, the way that they have uh, have been taught to serve God, the way that the Bible says to serve God. And so the enemy wants to debilitate you and he wants to uh, cause you to not want to chase after God the way that you know to do. So he uses fear. That's what he uses. He will use fear, fear that something bad is going to happen, fear that uh, you're going to get in trouble somehow, fear that uh, you're going to uh, be locked up just as Daniel was. There are a lot of things, and I can see them coming down the road where the governments of the world are going to say, listen, if you uh, continue to hold church services, we're already seeing that in some states in the United States of America. California was a big one, and the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the churches, but uh, the churches that were shut down, that uh, did not obey, they got hefty fines, some of them, and and some of the pastors were locked up. Rodney Howard Brown was locked up, uh, arrested for a little while, and there were so many things going on, and it's understandable to use precaution, absolutely. If masks work now... And if social distancing works now, it would have worked back at the beginning of the lockdown. Um, So I'm not totally convinced that shutting down the churches and shutting down events was the right thing to do, especially when people were still going to Walmart and people were still uh, going to protests and things like that. But when they try to shut down the churches, we've got a, a decision to make. And if they try to shut down um, the, the body of Christ, we've got decisions to make. And that's one of the things the enemy tries to do is he'll try to get you to stop doing what it is that you know to do for the Lord by giving you fear, by bringing fear on you. And that's what happened to Daniel because Daniel knew that the decree was signed. He knew, he absolutely knew that the king had signed a decree. It says it right there in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, 
he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. Now, this wasn't something that Daniel just started because of this decree. This was something that Daniel did regularly. This was something he planned to do every single day, and he did it. It was, it was a practice for him. And so Daniel, after the decree was signed, said, I'm going to be faithful to my God regardless of the fear of what could happen, the fear that, uh, that I'm going to be thrown into a lion's den, the fear that I'm going to be uh, executed by means of feeding the lions, basically. And the Bible tells us here that King Darius uh, repented. He regretted writing that decree and signing it. He regretted causing problems for Daniel because he didn't have any problem with Daniel. The people who were the officials had problems with Daniel. And I'll probably get into that in another podcast, maybe even the next one. But what I'm, what I'm saying is this fear of what could happen, the fear of uh, the threat. There was a threat that if you obeyed God and if you did what God said, the threat was there that you were going to get into trouble. The threat was there that you were going to be fed to the lions. And so Daniel here, uh, knew the threat, he knew the decree, he knew everything that was going on, and he still prayed. He still prayed, regardless of what was going on around him, he still prayed, regardless of what was taking place, uh, he still prayed, regardless of the decree, regardless of what the law said, because he was faithful to God before he was faithful to any government, before he was faithful to any man Daniel was faithful to God, and that's what we've got to understand is that our faithfulness is to God. Our faithfulness is to the Lord, and the enemy is going to try to get you to fear, and I'm not just talking about lockdowns or, or coronavirus. I'm talking about the enemy wants you to fear so you'll stop doing what it is that God has told you to do, and you'll stop obeying God, and you'll stop following the Lord. You'll stop praying. Because there's so much going on, there's so much to be afraid of. The enemy wants you to stop being faithful to God. So just like in Daniel's case here, the enemy said, okay, I'm going to make Daniel fear an outcome that he is going to be put into the lion's den. I'm going to make Daniel fear that he's going to die if he keeps praying to God. I'm going to make Daniel fear that he is going to be fed to the lions and ripped apart if he keeps praying and staying faithful to God. And that's what the devil does in our lives. The devil makes us fear. And so his end goal, his ultimate end goal, and the fear might not even have anything to do with the calling. The fear might not have anything to do with church. But at the end goal, the end result of the fear is to make you doubt God and to make you doubt God's protection and to make you doubt that God is going to carry you through. That God is going to keep you so you stop doing what it is that you know to do. The economy's taking a turn for the worse. I'm afraid. So I'm going to stop giving to the work of the kingdom. That's just an example. If you begin to fear, you will stop doing what it is that God has called you to do and told you to do in his word. You might not be a minister. You might not be in any sort of church position. You might not be in any sort of leadership. But when you fear, 
That's the enemy's ultimate goal is to get you to stop doing what you know to do. He wants you to be afraid so that you turn on the news every night instead of praying and reading your Bible. He wants you to be afraid so you you pay attention to all sorts of other things that are going on instead of praying and reading your Bible and spending time with him. He wants you to be afraid to tell people about Jesus. He wants you to be afraid that you're going to get fired at your job if you bring up the name of Jesus and mention that Jesus saves and Jesus heals. He wants you to be afraid that you're going to have given your money in the offering and the economy is going to collapse. He wants you to be afraid that uh, someone's going to turn you in for hate speech, for speaking the truth. He wants you to be afraid that your own family is going to turn against you because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wants you to be afraid to pray to God because there might not be an answer that you want. He wants you to be afraid you're going to get sick. He wants you to be afraid you're going to lose everything. He wants you to be afraid that your family's going to be hurt. He wants you to be afraid that someone's going to die. Listen, the devil wants to paralyze you and cripple you with fear. But what we've got to do, church, and the body of Christ, is we've got to know that what God said is true and God is faithful to protect us. And God protected Daniel in the fear. Daniel said, I'm faithful to God. I am faithful to him. So I'm going to go ahead and do what it is that you're telling me to do anyway. And Daniel thought to himself, I'm sure he did, that even if I do get fed to the lions and even if I do die, I'm going to die being faithful to God. I'm going to die because I prayed. I'm going to die because I was doing what God told me to do and not what man told me to do. Man's telling you be afraid right now. Man's telling you not to have any interaction with people, not to have any, uh, not to go to your church, not to go uh, see your family and, and fellowship with your family and the devil's telling you all sorts of things to try to get you to stop doing what it is that you're called to do. And that is spreading the gospel. And that is seeing the work of the kingdom go forward. That is raising your kids the right way. That is being there for your family. And if we're living in fear, we turn our eyes from looking towards God to looking inward. And we begin to look inward at the fear. We begin to look at what could happen and what might happen. We are thinking about things that have not happened if we're living in fear. We're thinking about things that haven't even happened yet. And so many times the things that haven't even happened yet are things that will never happen because what we make up in our mind, the scenarios that we come up with in our head over what could happen and what might happen 99.999% of the time do not happen. And somebody said, well, yeah, that, but that 1%, that 0.00001% is, is me. That's me. That's the person. Let me tell you something. If it was going to happen either way, if it was going to happen either way, the Bible tells us, it says, who of you can add one, one little bit of stature to yourself by worrying? If it was going to happen either way, what did it profit you to worry about it? What did it profit you to sit and fret and have anxiety over it? The enemy cripples you with that. It's, it doesn't do any good to sit and worry. It doesn't do any good to sit in fear. 
So we can't live in fear in the days ahead, no matter what happens and no matter what anything starts to look like, because we have a job to do here in the earth. We're only here for a short amount of time. And my friends, I believe that the time is shorter and shorter by every passing day, that we're not going to be here too long. I'm seeing everything line up in the Middle East. And I haven't done an end times podcast in a while. Maybe I should do one of those soon. I'm seeing everything line up in the world governments. I'm seeing everything line up. Uh, and there are things taking place that point to the direct and imminent return of Jesus Christ. And so if we're living in fear, which the enemy has tried to use on believers for centuries and, and millennia, but even more so in the last year and a half, if we're living in that fear, we won't be about the work of the Lord. We won't be doing what it is that God had for us to do. So we've got to break free and we've got to live like Daniel. We've got to say, you know what? I know what might happen. I know what has been said. I know what people are talking about. And even if the government signs a decree that I can't preach a certain way or I can't do a certain thing for the Lord, whatever that might be. Even if all of that happens, and even if everybody's talking a certain way, I'm going to be faithful to God because I answer to him at the end of the day. I'm not going to stand before another person on judgment day. I'm not going to stand before a president. I'm not going to stand before a government official. I'm going to stand before God. And Daniel knew that concept. He, he understood that. And so he said, I'm going to keep going the way that I know to keep going for the Lord. And he said, I'm going to pray. So what we need to do is we need to keep going with what we know to do. We need to get into the word of God. We need to rebuke the fear. And you know what will take away your fear? You know what will help you if you're in fear? What will help you if you're in fear is that if you read the word of God and begin to speak the word of God over your life, if you're afraid right now and so crippled by fear, do what Daniel did. Start praying. Start praying. Reach out to the Lord. The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. That perfect love can only be found in one place. That is Jesus Christ. That is God. He is love. He is perfect love. And when we cry out to him and when we study his word, that fear will dissipate because God promises in his word and God promises when we talk to him things that are opposite of what that fear is telling us, things that are opposite of what we think of in our mind, all the what ifs that come up in our mind. Fear will drag you down, but the word of God will cause faith to rise up in you. And I'm going to I'm going to do another podcast next week. I believe that we're going to go on with this story because I just feel led to. So I want you to know, I want you to understand that the devil's trying to take you out with fear right now. The devil's trying to cause you to fear that the worst is going to take place. The devil's trying to cause you to fear that things are just going to keep going even worse, that you're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to be sick, whatever that thing is. But we know that God is faithful. And we know that God is a protector. We know that God is a healer. And at the end of the day, he is our source and he is our supply. It's not a job. It's not a man. It's not a woman. It's not a government. He is where 
We need to be hidden. We need to be hidden, hidden under the shadow of his wings, just as Psalm 91 says. So we need to stay the course. I've heard a lot of people say we need to hold the line. We do need to hold the line. We need to stay the course and hold the line. And we need to not let fear grip us and cause us to be debilitated and cause us to deviate from the plan that God has for our lives. So today, if you're living in fear, I want to first of all pray a sinner's prayer for anyone that's listening that needs to accept the Lord, that needs to give their life to him. I want to pray that prayer. And if you'd like to pray that prayer with me, if you'd like to say, if you say, you know what, I haven't uh, had a relationship with the Lord ever, or maybe you've had a relationship with the Lord and you've strayed away, you've gone your own way. I want to give you an opportunity to come back to him. Uh, so just pray this prayer, repeat it after me. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I believe that your son, Jesus, died on the cross. I believe that he rose again. I believe that his blood has the power to cleanse me from my sin. So wash me clean today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I would love to hear from you. Comment on one of my videos. Get a hold of me on social media. But right now, I want to pray a prayer over everyone who's dealing with fear. Everyone who's dealing with fear right now of the future, what might happen, what the future might bring. Uh, and, and the devil has probably placed some scenarios right in your mind because I know he does it with me. And there have been times in my life where I have just been absolutely uh, paralyzed with fear. Paralyzed. I, I'm talking about you, it's on your mind from the time you get up in the morning and you go to lay down at night and you can't even sleep because if you go to sleep, uh, it's in your dreams and you don't rest or you just lay there awake and you think about it all night. Listen, I have been there in those positions. So if you're dealing with that, I know where you're at. I know where you're at. But God is greater. God is greater. And let me tell you a secret before I pray. Let me tell you a secret. The devil can't do anything but lie. He is the father of lies. And he can't tell the truth. So when you're getting those thoughts and those voices that are speaking to you about fear and all those scenarios that are making you afraid, let me tell you something. They're not from God, number one. And number two, the devil can't do anything but lie. So whatever the devil is telling you is going to happen is the opposite of what's about to happen in your life. If the devil's telling you you're going to die, the devil's telling you that you're going to be sick, the devil's telling you you're going to lose everything, the devil's telling you your kids are, are going to be a mess, that, that they're going to just be out there in the world, whatever the devil's telling you, the opposite of that is true. Know that. So just start to conquer those thoughts, those what-if thoughts. Start to conquer those what-if thoughts that have no backing and no basis whatsoever that there is absolutely no evidence for. Start to conquer those thoughts with the Word of God. Because the Word of God tells me a completely different story every single time than what the devil has told me. So I want to pray over you today. 
And I want to agree with you today if you're living in fear, if you've been dealing with fear. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, I thank you today for every single listener. And God, not only thank you for the listeners, but thank you, God, that you know them individually and you know them intimately. And God, there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing about their life that you don't know. There's absolutely nothing, God, that is hidden from you. And God, you see the areas that they're hurting. You see the areas that they're struggling. You see, God, the places that they need your help. And God, the enemy is causing them to fear. The enemy is causing them to be afraid of what might come. And he's even given them scenarios. He's even given them lies of what's about to happen. But God, we know that you are greater and your word speaks a different story than what the enemy is telling us. Your word tells us that we are the head and not the tail. Your word tells us that you have a plan for our lives and a purpose. Your word tells us you've not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so, God, we come to you right now knowing that the enemy is lying to people and causing them to be afraid. And God, I ask you to rebuke the enemy right now off of lives and off of minds. I plead the blood of Jesus down over minds today. I plead the blood of Jesus against fear and against anxiety against worry, God. I plead the blood of Jesus, and God, I ask you to loose the Holy Spirit in their lives, and I ask you to help them to have courage and be strong. I ask your Holy Spirit to wrap wrap your arms around them, God, and let them know that you're there with them, and God, whatever you say is what's going to happen, not what the enemy says. So, God, I thank you today for restoring vision, clear vision to people's lives. I thank you today for restoring peace to people's lives and giving them joy. God, give them something to be happy about, something to rejoice about today. And God, I pray that every voice that is causing them to fear would be shut out right now in the name of Jesus. God, we love you today. We thank you for this time that we've spent together. We thank you for your presence and for your spirit. And it's in Jesus' mighty, powerful name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. I'm going to be back with another part of this story of Daniel in the lion's den next week. I hope you'll tune in. Share this with somebody today who's been dealing with fear. And let's believe God for the best to come. God bless you. I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com. If you have been encouraged, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.